dinner. And these people across from us got up and walked out and left. And they had all this really nice sushi that they just left. So Penny, who I would you know, nickname Nutmeg the Clown because she was just like nuts. She would just like, yeah, she was a total character. She gets up and walks over and just starts lifting off like all this salmon naguri and all these different, um, you know, different sushi and sashimi. And then the people just walk back in after having their cigarette. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh. Unapologetically hypeless and heartfelt, this is Kicking Back with James Shramko and Joel Osborne. Yeah, so what's new? What's news with you, Joel? <sighs> what's news Joel? with me? Do I they call you Joel? Joel. My, my grandmother, her um, friend that lived next door used to call me Jules. Jules? Yeah. How did uh, she get Jules uh, from Joel? Jo- I don't know. Oh, hello, Jules. And I'll just go along with it. That's that's like when you find out that people call John like Jock. Jock. Or, or like, uh, like a completely different version of the whole spelling. Well, when I was, I used to live in the States for four years when I left school. I moved over there. And so many times people would go, hey, how, how are you doing? What was your name? And I'm like, oh, Joel. And they're like, oh, okay, Charles. <laughs> like, how different? Can you, what's your name? What's okay. your name, Steve? Okay, Tracy. You know, it's like, come on. What is that? You know? Nice one. Okay, so um, speaking of names, you told me something uh, that horrified me. And mm-hmm. it was about one of my favorite food out, outlets because mm-hmm. I we don't have very good Mexican food in Australia. That is true. And every time I go to the states, I love the Mexican, like, especially in that like San Diego, anywhere mm. on the border, mm. it's always really good. I I go to this sort of South American place called Guzman and Gomez, and you were telling me that they're like fakey names. It's all a farce. What's the deal with that? That's just all a marketing ploy. There but is no Guzman, there is no Gomez. Their paper bags are so authentic looking. They are. It's they like, are. I, and the image. But I'm sure they even have a story about the founder was blah, 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 and da, no. da, da. And they even play like uh, South American music in the store. Fiction. Fiction. I'm gutted. Yeah. Should I still eat the food? That's the question. Well, here's the thing. Because you I, didn't I wear a pair of sneakers for, for sweatshop reasons, didn't you? Uh, yes, the, that is true. For many years, I didn't. Because my favourite shoes were the, the Jordans, you know, the, the, the retro Jordans. Oh, yeah, the Michael, Johnsons. The, yeah, the Michael, yeah, <laughs> Michael Johnson. <clears throat> and it was uh, especially the Jordan 3s right. and the Jordan 4s. To be the, specific. Yeah. It, like my sh- favourites were Jordan 4s, though. They were, the, they were the bomb. Would you say you or our mutual friend Michael has the bigger shoe fetish? Um, no, Michael. Mike, Michael's, right, got, yeah. Michael's got a, he, he's got a cupboard full of Nike Air Max and uh, and all variations in colours that he never wears. I at least wear my my Jordans. But Michael's a minimalist, so yes, that's contradictory. In it a is. Way. It is very. He has nothing except for a hoarded a stash of yeah. sneakers. Yes, but but he wears them minimally, so I guess he's <laughs> he doesn't main, wear them at all. He's maintaining. <laughs> yeah. I'm expecting him to mount them in a glass case. And well, see so the problem with those shoes if you don't wear them after a while, if they become really old, like brittle, pip, yes, like tires on old-fashioned cars. Okay, they get sure. hard. Yep. Well, that's that's the same situation. Like uh, original pair of '89 Jordans, like you know, they're thousands of dollars, but oh, yeah, you see them on eBay being stacks. Of, of course, you do. 
But you, as you would know, you don't wear them. <laughs> no, I don't wear <laughs> shoes, man. No, no, I know. But, like, <laughs> but, but tell me, uh, you boycotted these shoes? I did. I boycotted the Jordans um, for many years just because of the Nike, uh, you know, the sweatshops and their human rights violations in regards to, um, you know, the yeah. way that they treated their employees. And I thought, I'm going to boycott. Even though I love these shoes and I love Jordan shoes, I'm going to boycott it. And it was only until recently that I actually started buying them because I saw a docker and um, and it went into that whole history of the brand. But obviously they have, um, they put a lot of importance on brand image and they want to be seen as, um, you know, being able Responsible. to... Responsible. Yeah, sure. You know, but I wonder about that. Like, I think one of your comedian friends, and I don't say that in a bad way, mm-hmm. I don't even know why I would think that you would think that that... Could be taken. No, in a bad way. I, I, I don't know. But what, I think he has yeah. a gag around iPhones. Yes, yes, Arj, Arj Barker. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. him perform. Sure. And perform he did too. He had dances and all sorts of yeah, stuff. It's like very, a Broadway musical. It was like a tragic Broadway musical <laughs> in some parts. But but uh, I'll, I'll, let me just get myself a pyramid and get to the point. Uh, that's one of his lines that I just stopped. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. I just put no, it in yeah, there. Yeah, nice I'm, touch. I'm trying to yeah. get. You know, I'm trying to improve my funny funniness level. Um, finding hanging around you is not really mm, helping. It's, it's not rubbing <laughs> off. No. So, so anyway, um, he talks about the iPhone, and then I look at uh, you know in my industry because I'm in this internet marketing business world. Companies like Google and Apple, hmm. uh, they tend not to be paying uh, full tax rates and stuff. They're doing this thing with Ireland and and stuff where they run their money through an offshore company and like the public seems to just sort of cop it. I know that's yeah I know that's always a very um... so basically you'd have to walk around nude and have nothing if you wanted to boycott anything that was a bit dodgy. Maybe that wouldn't be so bad. Maybe it'd be terrible though. <laughs> it's all right for handsome guys like you, like get mistaken for Tom Cruise, yeah. uh, uh, Eric Banner. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. I tell people I'm um, I'm helping out a friend of mine, Tim Shadow, and my other guy helping me with the setup and the production values and everything is. Eric Banner. Yeah. Look nice, alike. Nice. I just throw the look alike. Yeah, you, but you just say the but say, Eric Banner. And they're like, really? And there's the saying, really, you go look alike. Yeah, look, look alike. But I just whisper it. Yeah, gently. yeah. So uh, I'm sure if, if uh, our listener wanted to check you out, they could check out our about page. And uh, there's a nice picture of you and I uh, setting up the camera <laughs> on your balcony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the shot. We did very professional. We, we did pretty well for non professional camera operators. So. Uh, you'd be back into the shoes. You, you, yeah. But in terms of getting back around to that Guzman and Gomez, in terms of Mexican food, I know that you're a fan of Mexican food. I Me, I love Mexican. Yeah, I love food. it. I like the Christmas and tree. The Christmas tree. Oh, now you're showing your lack of Mexican oh, hang food on. knowledge. Go on. This is where they've got like the red chili and the green chili, mm. and if you get the combo, the green and the the red on the same dish, right. it's a Christmas tree. Is that a, the Mexican term for it? That's what the waiter told me in uh, Phoenix, right. so I have to trust him. Was he at like a Chili's or a proper Mexican restaurant? In that Chili's? <laughs> no, it's like a legit, like the best place in Phoenix. Okay. That, that uh, you know, it's like the hotel recommends, the mm-hmm. concierge. Nice. There's a tip for you. Always, I just like to say to the concierge, who do you recommend, you know, which restaurants are good and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, anyway, the, the Christmas tree was so okay. hot. 
that uh, in fact a friend of mine there another guy in my industry Taki he ate someone else's dish that night I remember that night for a few reasons one we drove an electric car that was not a Tesla it was called a Fisker and it just sounds too much like Fister yes. for my liking yes uh, a friend of mine, you wouldn't want to get rear-ended by that car <laughs> you wouldn't want to be rear-ended by the Fisker uh, Joe Polish my friend who owned that car loved it so much he gave it away to his mate oh. I think they cost about a hundred grand back there Back then, uh, anyway, so my f- my other friend, Ed, drove that car. Uh, he taught me a saying, because we drive on the other side of the road here. He said, uh, when you turn right, keep it tight. Mm. You know, so, yeah. and, and I developed that because I had to drive all around Europe and all around America and all around Mexico on the wrong side of the road. So, I like, turn right, keep it tight. And then now I say... Um, Turning uh, I've got it, left and loose. Left and loose. Left and loose, like let it run because right. it's left-hand drive. So just, you, would you get to the light sometimes in the States and wonder oh, what the hell, where the hell am I turning here? What lane am I turning in here? Just before well, like the, the challenging part for me was I went from Phoenix straight across to Heathrow and then to Frankfurt. I went to sleep, woke up at 5 in the morning, went to the airport, got my car, hopped in it, in, in Frankfurt, I got this brand new Mercedes Benz station wagon, turbo diesel, and I got to the lights and it stopped. These new cars, they, yeah, yeah, they, they turn, turn that off. happened to us on the road. Yeah. yeah. And like I remember some friend of mine, he's, he's on Facebook going, oh, this bloody wanker, he's got a prestige car and he can't even afford petrol. He turns it off at the lights. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude, that's sort of a built in feature. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm like on the wrong side of the road. My car's stopped dead. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on here? But within half an hour, true to form, I was like overtaking a full siren screaming ambulance. Just banging it. It was doing 160 and I was doing 227. <laughs> I, when I handed the car back, I learned that the maximum speed limit was 210. Right. On the, uh, on the sticker on the windscreen because it had like speed rated tyres. Oh, evidently that not. Though. Well, you know, I've pushed the limit a little yeah, bit. Yeah. but And I just got a fine from that trip, which was 18 months ago. It took them 18 months to send me a fine. Track you down across the other side. You know what the fine was for? It was uh, for driving the wrong sector or something in Rome. And I looked, I looked on the, clicked on the link and sort of picture of the car and me in it. And I couldn't figure it out at the time. But the roads they like get narrow and narrow and older and older until they're like cobblestone and then like there's not even room for a car and then there's like awesome people car. walking. Yeah. That's oh look, there's the Trevi Fountain. You know, You're like, driving down the middle of a mall. You're like, look at this. this is yeah. great. There's no traffic either. I know. <laughs> like and then I managed to pull off a park and everything. <laughs> there's no other cars. There's just Vespers and people. Like it's very hard. They don't really delineate between road and. I'm just and, picturing like National Lampoon's where, Vacation. Yeah. You're just driving. The wrong way down the road in driving through yeah, this ancient. I'm, I'm you know. a very confident driver. Yeah, but yeah. the the most difficult places ever to drive were Rome. Uh, um, there was this this Avignon, which is I said that really badly. I apologise to all you Frenchies, and you probably don't say Frenchies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, French French people, French French <laughs> That's nations. A I didn't mean to offend any That's, of your Frenchies. That is my revenge for the rude lady at the truck stop who was screaming at me for me letting her know that her focaccias were burning. But anyway, I think she thought I was American or English. Of course, if she knew I was Australian, they wouldn't have a problem with that. Like when, although except that guy you were traveling with that was a bit loud when you were overseas. The Aussie that? making a fool of himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, that you guy, gotta, yeah. You've got to yeah. tell me about that. Oh, no, he was just this guy that was, uh, yeah, making a lot of noise. He was, uh, 
carrying on. Yes. Like a good old Aussie tourist. <laughs> he was. And what'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> this is not the most obvious lead into a piece of material. No, he was um he was just going off like, you know, he's like this is this country you know because I guess the situation we put a lot of crap on Americans. You know, when they travel overseas. Well, mate, I've got my great-grandfather's diaries from 1910. Do, that's right. He was putting crap on America. Right, right. Yeah. So but we like, give them that stereotype tokens being loud and obnoxious. But they earned it. We didn't give it to them. Yeah, but have you seen us as Australians when we travel overseas? Well, tell me about us well, Australians. Because well, well, we're not only loud... That was reinforcing the lead in there. <laughs> we're not only loud and obnoxious, we are drunk and obnoxious, right? I was even verbally abused by an Australian over there in America, right? He's just going off. He's like, this country sucks. All the beers sucks. The food sucks. The people suck. What are you looking at? Mate, you got a problem? You want a piece of me? You want to go? Come here, you little smart ass. I'll take you. Let's go. Come on, I'm going to deck you. My dad, relax. You just got the plane. Like two more weeks of this? Oh, man. Speaking of that, when I could see, I would always, when I lived in the States, I'd come back from Australia and I would see things over there that, um, you know, were um, very popular. Like there was a thing called Jumba Juice back right. in the 90s. I've seen it in the movies. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like... It's the best way to put as much sugar as you can into, into a, yeah. a large cup. Yeah, yeah. And they'll but do all these call it healthy. Things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And they'll do all and there'll be a big line outside of the um the one in Marina Del Rey where I used to live there in Los Angeles. And there would always be you you, you know, there would always it would be packed whether it was a morning, afternoon, midday. And I thought that's gonna that's something that would go off in Australia. And then Boost Juice came along doing a similar thing and that was huge. And then I always thought Mexican food, because I'd always eat Mexican food over there. And I remember talking to my dad about it, and I said, you know, that's going to that's gonna go off. And he said, oh, no, the, the Australian palate isn't, hasn't adjusted to the, to sure. the Mexican food. It's uh, coming in now. Oh, my God. Sh- every corner restaurant now opening up it's is like, a Mexican uh, restaurant. It's like coffee. I could tell that was going to be a big winner like, a decade ago or whatever. Yeah. It's, it, it's just going. I, I walked past a cafe today. Um, when I say cafe, yesterday it was a restaurant. Today it's a cafe. Yeah, they got a coffee machine out the front. The mm. people, you know, they're serving out little thumbnail cups for samples. Like, and I, I was thinking, you'd have to be insane not to have a coffee shop in a suburb like Manly, yes. Australia. And we're an espresso culture here, and it's just booming. And I wanted to find out what happened with this chili, with this Christmas tree chili. You said it was the hottest chili you've ever well, had. Well, well, my friend ate. ate uh, so just going back there, my friend. Ate someone else's dish. Yeah. That was awkward. Yeah. What? Well, well, how did this happen? Because we couldn't know the real names for them. They got all these fake names like Christmas so, so tree. So he, he picked up someone else's dish and. No, he just just started eating what was put in front of him, and then my. Oh, so they put the wrong meal in front of him. I'm not sure. I think he it was somewhere between taking it and put in front. You okay. know how the, right. the lines yeah, get blurred line, when yeah. like you're jamming people around yeah. the table and the margaritas start flowing. And yeah. Ed's like, where's my dish? And then and they go, oh, that, that gentleman's eating it. Yeah, <laughs> my friend's looking up like, oh, oh, okay, oh yeah. yeah. So then we, uh, yes, yeah, so I was learning about my, my driving, the left-hand drive and all mm. that. It was, it was just a, this is a crazy night. No, anyway, the, the Mexican food was extremely authentic and you can usually tell because the chili's just that bit hotter and the, uh, the guy who, uh, who cooks it, if they're really passionate about it, they sort of watch you from afar to see your reaction, to see if you like it. Mm-hmm. Like Fernando, when I went to Santa Monica, I get my, my Sanders mixed up, you know, sure. like Santa Monica, Chris Santa Pringle. Barbara, Santa Claus. Yeah. And you can use that if you want. No, it's not that good. <laughs> so Santa Monica, there's this place um, where on the menu is like Fernando's burrito. And it's like the, the sons um, learned to cook from mom who was – Full-blooded Mexican, and Fernando's burrito is like 
it's like a dinosaur took a dump on your plate. It is like a football size, and not an American wussy football, like a big Aussie football size mm. burrito. And after I finished the burrito, Fernando was so proud. You know, he said, oh, you ate it all. I'm like, oh, Fernando, how could I oh, not eat no, all your when burrito? When you're here, you're breathing over and, my uh, shoulder. i got to finish know, it. The pride swelling in, in him oh. for this burrito accomplishment, but also that it was well-received by being completely eaten. Yes. Because there's my Mexican food story. Nice. I, I want, So the, the chili was all right? The chili was... The, the Christmas tree? It was hot. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I used to eat chili all the time. That was like a big, like, you know, yeah, well, not a problem. And I don't anymore. Why? Well, I was used to live with a friend, Amazing Jonathan, this American comedian magician, and that's who I used to work with in the States. And a friend came over with a jar of habanara chilies which is the hottest chili um, known to man. And so I walk into the kitchen and Jonathan's just about to have one and he eats it, like, you know, pretending, yeah, this can't affect me and has a bit, then has a bit of cheesecake afterwards to dilute the, the, um, the intensity of the chili. And Is that like a scientific... Apparently, dairy, apparently dairy dilutes the... Um, oh, it's like how they put um, entire, they have little vinegar and and cucumbers yeah, yeah, and in, yeah. and in Indian they get little and a mango lassi you know yeah, after a hot, yeah. a hot vindaloo or something gotcha. like that yeah so uh, Jonathan goes I bet you 50 bucks Joel you know I bet you 50 bucks that you uh, <laughs> you know that you can uh, you can eat one of those I'm like oh whatever but the thing is I've been running around all day so I hadn't eaten since like breakfast I had a bit of toast and this was like about 4 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm like, yeah, okay, not a problem. I ate it. And it was really hot, but I quickly swallowed it and got it down, and it was all right. And then maybe three minutes later, I just felt this churning in my stomach, and I just broke out in this cold sweat. And then I just, I just couldn't control I had to go and, you know, regurgitate it back up. But it, because I hadn't eaten anything, it wasn't coming up properly, and then I, uh -oh. this blood started coming out. I was like, yeah. oh, this is not good. My friend felt really bad, Danny, who brought it over. But not Jonathan. No, Jonathan, no, he's like, he's like, oh man, get the camera, get the video camera. Oh Check my goodness. So, um, so Danny ate one and then he felt terrible. So we'll both... Hang on, hang on. So Danny saw this happen to you. Yes. And then he ate one. Because he felt bad for me. That's the, like, he's, he's like, oh, it's not that bad, so I'll eat one. Like, so he's a sympathetic <laughs> masochist. Yes, essentially. <laughs> right. So we're both running for the same toilet and he got in before me, so I had to run around to oh, the so bar. so he doesn't care about yeah, you no, so no, much no, anymore. No, 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 I'm in first. Yeah. So, so did you go for the basin? Yeah, I did. I then went for the basin. Oh, that's oh a, shocking. That's and and, and there's like bottles of liquor all around you at the uh. bar. And I was just like, this is not good. Anyway, I cleaned myself up. I went and had a shower because I had a belt ceremony. It's when I used to do Hapkido. And so I had to go that evening to get my, my belt. And um, and I was walking out the door and I get to the door. I'd quickly turn around and bolted back in. I just kept on coming back like, you know, reflex. And then I had to drive to Anaheim that night. I'm driving along on the 405 freeway out of town and um, I had to pull over at a 76 service station and run into this disgusting toilet to try and regurgitate this uh, so chili the, again. So, so because of that, you won't have chili? No, no, I've um, now like, Never? Con conditioned. Uh, not regularly. Like I have a small amount, but not like I used to. You know, like I would... I, would, um, I can relate to it because I had a little bit of an episode on Inner Circle OP Run once. Mm. And it's like, on a run. No, in a in a circle, yeah. OP rum. Oh, rum! Okay. I had, had it's like seventy eight proof or something from the from the um, they make it in Queensland and it's like this really high level 
dark rum. Mm. And I remember throwing up in the Pizza Hut car park and, and not much else after that. But I've never touched it since. Wow. Yeah. It seemed like you, you don't want to be near a match with this stuff. Mm. And I don't drink dark rum because of that. I try different drinks instead. Nor are you a pirate, so I'm not a pirate. It makes sense for you to be drinking copious amounts of dark rum. That's right. I'm not not a rum drinker, so I can relate to that. Uh, Maybe one day on on a a future show, we should uh, I should try some rum and you should have some chili. Chili, yeah, yeah. We could like a fear challenge thing, and. Something you said before reminded me of uh, I was at this restaurant with Jonathan and we're Jonathan's assistant, Penny, and we're at a place called Sushi on Sunset. And it's this really nice Japanese restaurant on the Sunset Strip there in LA and we were having dinner. And these people across from us got up and walked out and left and they had all this really nice sushi that they just left. So Penny, who I would you know, nickname Nutmeg the Clown because she was just like nuts. She would just like, yeah, she was a total character. She gets up and walks over and just starts lifting off like all this salmon naguri and all these different, um, you know, different sushi and sashimi. And then the people just walk back in after having their cigarette. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, and she's like, you guys scoffing her face. Oh <laughs> and God, John was like, you. get the fuck back here. What, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. How embarrassing. What did she do? She she had a mouthful of food trying to apologize with rice flying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad habits. Bad form. So uh, I thought it'd be good to, to start a new section of our mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> since, <laughs> since, since Tim, Tim isn't Tim giving isn't us any here. direction. Uh, thanks, Tim. Uh, I thought we'd come up with our partially completed uh, book reviews <laughs> yes, partially, or uh, yes. cinema ravings, etc. Because, well... It's kind of an entrepreneurial thing, but, you know, we get busy or the plane ride finishes. A lot of these, what I'm saying is you don't have to finish it to mm-hmm. start commenting on I think it's kind of interesting to get the first flavor on something anyway, but we both read stuff. We mm-hmm. both watch movies, especially documentaries. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what's news lately? Well, what have you, well, what have you before, found? Well, I was, where was I going last when we, we caught up for lunch and you mentioned um, I was flying to Auckland. I was jumping on a cruise ship. And going to uh, Fiji. What do you call a cruise ship? You have a nickname uh, for uh, them. A floating RSL. <laughs> right, and, and an RSL means nothing to our international listeners. No. It's, it's like Groundhog Day on one of those cruise ships. You're seeing the same faces, same places, just it's monotonous. And you enjoy you know? that, obviously. Oh, I love it. <laughs> right, so so yeah, you were heading off to Yes, yeah, so I was I was doing it I was performing on um yeah, on this cruise ship on and we caught up for lunch, it was a few days before that. And you said something that I would never watch normally, but you said that the Justin Bieber documentary, you said check that out. It's purely from a um, business point of view in terms of seeing the power of internet. Yeah, and I, you know, really wanted to distance myself from any, uh, you know, cult fan following yeah. aspirations. You, as they said in the docker, you're not a believer. I'm, I'm not a believer, believer. believer. I, but I admire and respect that this guy was like you, performing on the streets. And he marketed himself on YouTube mm-hmm. and got picked up by an agent. Yeah, got called Scooter, I think. Was and works it. He worked it. He worked it hard. Yeah. And, and the power of marketing. And then the, the the most powerful one that I saw after that was the One Direction film. 
Right, right. Which had, these guys had the most fame in the shortest amount of time mm-hmm. ever in the history of they the world. They were on that uh, um, England's Got Talent or one of yeah, those shows? Yeah, they are on that um, Britain's, Got Brit- Britain's Got Talent. But they all failed as individual artists. Mm-hmm. And so he rounded them up and said, you can come back as a group. So they had enough talent to go, A, to turn up and audition, mm-hmm. B, to get to a certain level, and C, to pull it together as a group. But the pulling power with the female audience of these young guys, the way they were marketed, just it just like took off bigger than the Beatles, bigger than mm-hmm. anything else, just absolutely uh, rocket ship. It's fascinating now, to watch. What are your thoughts on it? Because I, I, I watched those documentaries. I, I found myself in a back alley. Uh, in Fiji, buying a Justin Bieber. <laughs> Is that on the way to New Zealand? Um, no, I went from Auckland to New Zealand, then I got off in Newmere. Hang on, Auckland is New Zealand. Sorry, Auckland. No, sorry, from Auckland, New Zealand to, to Fiji. Right. Yeah. On the same sh- ship? On the same ship, yeah. And then back to... And then I went to Newmere, and I jumped off on Newmere. You're like, I'm out of here? Uh, yeah, I got into another <laughs> cruise. I've had enough of this floating RSL. <laughs> and then I got jumped on another cruise ship, a part of the same cruise line, and came back to Sydney. Gotcha. So basically did two cruises within a week, you know, so it, wow. was, it was more feasible. And so you caught up with this? So I watched this. I, it was so weird. I found myself on a, in a back alley um, in Fiji um, buying a Justin Bieber documentary. I thought yes, of all the did. things that you buy, like did down you get back alleys. as <laughs> <laughs> a pirate and got, the, um, got it. And so I went back and I watched it. Uh, yeah, I, I felt it like, you know, I'm not really a fan of, of his music, you know, like I'm thinking of, you know, what, you know, you smile and I smile, we all smile, I'm like, all right. And then I look at the end of it and I thought it was interesting that there's five, there's an average of five people writing these songs, you know, and he's included as one of the people writing the songs, but I just thought that was interesting. And I remember an article that was comparing Bob Dylan and Justin Bieber, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, well, what, 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 what angle are they taking with this? And... You know, you look at the material that Dylan was writing in his early 20s compared to what Bieber's, you know, doing. There's a vast uh, difference in that. Well, so, if you and, look at the material that Zeppelin were writing on their first three albums, yes. none of them were their songs at all. Yeah. They were just ripping someone's song and sticking their name on it. Mm. Unbelievable. But you look at the early Beatles stuff they were doing. But Carl you know what Perkins. they did? They actually did a better version than the original ones. Mm, right. they, they did this thing like they go on tour with someone like Taurus and then a year later they pop out Stairway to Heaven. Mm. They, they it was on the same tour and it's like the same riff mm. and, you know, so on and so forth. Like there's some fascinating clips on YouTube and this is all like, you know, is it just my opinion? Don't mm-hmm. try and sue me. But you're, you're a big Zeppelin fan. I was a massive yeah. fan. I was really shocked at how I was dazed and confused. Yes. At how much they borrowed from everyone else. But they took it somewhere though, right? But they put their name on it. That's the main thing that, mm. that surprised me. It would have been better if they said unknown or, yeah, we ripped this dude off. <laughs> mm. <laughs> They'd like, yeah, we'll take that and we'll put our name on it. But what they did do is they marketed it better. And that's that's the classic. They Well, could, that's what they used to say about Elvis, you know. It's like, you know, the famous quote was he took the black man's music and made it popular. Right. You know, that was the it's, and. God, speaking of, of that, there's a lot of movies showing that, that uh, racial tension, the period there, like The, the Butler yeah, and um, 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. I can't believe people were like that to each other. It's, it's, it's fascinating how people could be that deluded back sure. then. That, sure. that one a white guy could be a person and a black 
person would be property. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so sad. But you look at the history in, in in the country of Australia. We have similar. Yeah, era, like we got know. we were f- discovered in seventeen eighty eight, except for yeah the, the thousands of years beforehand, well, uh, thirty eight thousand <laughs> yeah. years of indigenous people who were like the the single oldest uh, version of humans on the planet by yeah. DNA. Like fascinating and amazing race. Mm. Like we have a, a world treasure here in our ancestry but they just for all intents and purposes like they just basically got wiped out by thunder sticks and and i, I love the fact that you know when the white settlers came over that thought that they were so advanced you know like burke and wheels go off we're gonna go and tour this country you know and then their whole troop ends up falling apart and dying the ones that are left over end up getting rescued by aboriginals the, the so-called savages Right. You know, it's like and, and like the uh, the dude who was the first guy to climb the um, the tallest mountain in the world, except for the little Sherpa that went maybe first. Yes, yeah, so Edmund <laughs> Hillary. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think isn't it isn't it strange how uh, how you know our history is just fascinating. We've well, we've, Tim's going to be pissed off. <laughs> like, <laughs> we've, we've, gonna, we've taken it yeah, down. Should we talk <laughs> about Jesus and just like round yeah, out? So the, let's let's the do that. Let's, let's just not mention Allah. No. Um, <laughs> But you know, in all seriousness, um, the Christmas tree was really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, get away, get away! But but no, but unfortunately, but that is true. You know, the I I, I you, you look throughout history of all the great music. Where has it come from? Blues, yeah. Jazz, yeah. R and B, yeah. Come on. You know, there's, yeah. there's some, uh, some com- instruments. common thread. Yes, that, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> there's common threads there. And then some white honky comes along and, and just, just makes it popular. It makes it popular. Yeah, it's... it's so uh, it's... Uh, yeah. So do you, what did you think in the end of that Justin Bieber movie? So, yes, um, coming out of the edit point, Justin Bieber. What's the, the edit well, no, I was, I, was, I was just, uh, I was just saying after that whole, uh, the whole rant and tirade then coming out of, um, coming out of that. Yeah. We're just uh, like, we're just lifting. But we, that, that was for Tim. Could, that, that was for Tim Shadow. We could play some, yeah. like some um, inspirational music lifting out of yes. the, the, okay. So, so the, the Bieber, Bieber film, the Bieber so, Bieber. okay. So. I'm watching it, I'm thinking, yes, he's obviously very talented, you know, from a young child. Then again, there's a lot of musically talented young kids out there. So what does it come down to? It comes down to, from my perception, of the marketing and the hype that surrounds that. Now, I watched the whole thing and I thought, okay, yep, that's all good. There's, like, you know, he's created a huge following and, uh, you know, he's got that very squeaky, clean image. But how long can that continue for? You know? By the news, it doesn't seem Exactly, like. exactly. Yeah. So I look at it and I think... It's kind of like Miley. Yeah, yeah, but see, everyone goes, she's gone off the handle. Or no, she's he, just he's getting, gone off the she's handle. She's generating news. This is, there's, these people aren't stupid. There's a we gen, need, there, we there need to a, do a stunt. Yes, we need a team of people behind us we should, generating us. We should get, set up a podcast we need, yes. with a fake premise Yes. and then just, just turn up and... Start recording. Yes, and wonder and, where the hell the guy who yeah, organised this whole thing is. And just perpetuate it for the for the, every podcast. Yes, no one will ever twig. That's a good point. We yeah. should we should we give do it something a whirl. different. Yes, 
But so these people go nuts, you know, like Miley Cyprus or Cyrus, <laughs> whatever her name is. The great Greek yeah. artist. Yes, she she goes she goes um, does all these you know great things that um you know that women's um, liberation have um, fought for for so many years <laughs> that she ends up uh, taking it back into the the dark ages, and you figure well. This is orchestrated. There's a team of people behind creating this image saying, all right, well, you can't, your audience is growing up. You can't be the young, squeaky clean kid anymore from Disney. You've got to change show your them, image. Yeah, show them what it's all about. Yeah, and then don't worry, Madonna's just waiting in the wings to jump on the bandwagon and ride the, ride the coattails. Gotcha. So it's, it's, so it's manipulated. I think so. I, I believe so. Like, like, you know, Justin Bieber caught there uh, sucking on uh, the breast of a, of a, of a stripper. And I think, you know, he's growing up now. He's over breastfeeding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. So I look at the hype around this. So this is my point. I did a little bit of research after watching this, James, and I thought, yep. he's done a tour, Justin Bieber's last tour. I thought, oh, I'm going to look this up online and see, because he sold out Madison Square Garden in like 22 minutes or something. And I look it all up, and I don't know if that's an exact fact, but I, that just came to mind. If it's 20, on the internet, minutes. if it's on Wikipedia. It's got to be true. It's true. So he made 60, uh, close to 70 million, 69.9 million dollars on his last tour. And that's, you know, that's pretty good. I thought, all right, let's compare it to one of the, you know, the old road, road dogs, one of the guys who have been around a long time and slogged it out, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. You know, Bruce, when he started off, and this is another point I want to make, when these guys started off, like, say, Bruce Springsteen or a Billy Joel back in the day, they, they were the road dogs, you know. They got out there, then they gigged it, and they had before they became famous, they had all the flight hours down, you know. They, yeah, they were, they were playing shows to sell. Yeah, to sell records. records. And, and the first three now records. Now they put out records to yeah, sell shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But now that he's, uh, but, but for both of them, when they were started off, their first three albums for both of those guys didn't sell, you know. So they had been, and it, and it came down to, for Billy Joel, the Stranger album, and for Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run, and when he did Born, Born to Run. Bruce is in that other really great documentary. 20 Feet from Stardom. Yeah. I watched that on the plane the other day. Yeah, did yeah, I tell yeah. you about that Yeah, one? you did, yeah. Did you like it's it? It's great, yeah. Yeah, it's like, they're so close yet, they just don't have that, whatever that thing is. Yeah, which, uh, there was one of the ladies that she was, you know, regarded as, you know, this amazing singer, which she obviously is, and she just said, you know, I just don't want it. You know, yeah, I, I'm satisfied with this being in this position. And then there's other ones like the lady, um, was it Mary Clayton? And she, uh, it's been in every single album. With, yeah, with, uh, is it? With, well, Phil Spector was the you know the the so-called brains oh, behind yeah, her and career and ripping he, them off again. Yeah, like, yeah. She'd hear albums that she uh, had recorded. She recorded and some other. It's like Milli Vanilli, but the original version. Essentially, yeah. But that Phil must Spe be so soul stealing. Well, Phil Spector, he's, you know... He, I wonder how Tim feels about us. We've <laughs> stolen his show. We've stolen his show. I'm using his name. Yeah. Well, if he had turned up, at least Mary Clayton turned up, you know. So that is her name, right? Mary Clayton. I'm just yeah. going to run with it. Okay. And, you know, like, I'm too far away from the keyboard. To yeah, still even bother checking. And too late. <laughs> so, I guess my point is I looked up uh, Bruce Springsteen's last tour. So Justin Bieber, who's, you know, one of the highest selling. All or, that and that. He's, he's, you know, one of the biggest names in music nowadays, uh, as they say, as we're told. He makes close to $70 million on his last tour. Bruce Springsteen, $388 million. Wow. 
So it just goes, Go to, show, it just goes to show the cream does rise. <laughs> Did that just happen? <laughs> I hope not. What does that mean? The cream right? Cream's not even good for you, you know. But it does. And what if it, you don't have cream in your coffee? It does float to the top. It's like you, you when you, I don't know, when you're squeezing on the cow's udder mm-hmm. as you do, mm-hmm. and you fill the bucket. The, eventually, the cream will will come up to the top. It will. It'll float to the top. I think it's a metaphor for things will find their natural place, mm-hmm. their natural order of the universe. But then. Looking at that 20 feet from stardom, the talent that's out there, and they're like the cream of the crop, those singers. Well, they weren't the cream. They didn't... <laughs> but No, but they... But they floated and sank. But yeah, for some reason, they didn't rise to they the, the top. Milk. They were the they milk. They were the milk. Mm. And, like, they thought they wanted to be cream, but they weren't creamy enough. Mm. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> they were very talented, and it's, it's just, like, it's heartbreaking and fascinating. But I think they... You know what I think it comes down to? One word. Confidence. Mm. You thought I was going to run with something funny. I thought you were going to say no. Tim Shatter. No, I couldn't think. Of, that was two words. <laughs> well, but I can't think of. But if you, well, if you have it as a. Well, they, he's a man all, of mystery. That is that is interesting. Mm. What an unfortunate and strange name. Mm. Yeah, so I think it comes down to confidence. So there's an interesting lyric in, uh, in a U2 song where um, Bono said, Some people have got way too, com- too much. Some people have way too much confidence. I thought that's it's interesting. Sometimes, sometimes people do because there is a lot of crap out there in the world that people have a lot of confidence about, and there's other things that aren't, you know, given the imagine, light of day. Imagine yeah. the confidence of uh, president of the United States. You'd have to have confidence. Sure, sure. Even that you know that there's a lot of things aren't right. Yeah, but are there different types of confidence? I don't know. I. Like, would arrogance be fall under the banner of confidence? No, that's that's belligerence and ag- arrogance and belligerence are, are probably overconfidence. Mm. Maybe that's maybe what that's what Bono about. was talking so about. So I think co- confidence, there's confidence to me, is more of a strength. Um, mm-hmm. But belligerence and arrogance is where people um, acting above their station, like they are overconfident. Like if you're a crappy swimmer and you go out in a riptide without a lifeguard. That's overconfidence. It's it's ignorance. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it's up there with um, the captain of the Titanic. Mm. You know he was uh, pushing it. He was ignorant and arrogant. He wanted to get there quicker, and he basically went down with with the ship. Did you see that um, the English series? The guy um, was it Julian Fellows who did uh, um, Downtown Abbey and the people behind Gosford Park. And no, you know, it, was, it was actually it was a good series. Yeah, I just watched it on while, while I was on a cruise ship. And you got a lot of TV viewing time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do they have internet? Very slow. That would scare me a bit. Yeah, I was. Uh, aside from all the other factors, uh, food poisoning, close confinement with weirdos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rocking. Yeah. I don't really get it. No, no. The, it's um, it's an acquired taste, you know. Uh, going on a cruise ship. It's not really travel. The, you know, there's a boat that people live on, like called the World, and it's like a little. I think it's a bit of a tax-effective thing. They buy a shareholding in it in the company that entitles them to a cabin, mm. and they they live on it. And it's technically not really in a country, so there's no real tax. Blah blah blah. And they call that living. Yeah, well, they do always, you know, they're popping around at different exotic port. locations and, and port, and, and it just, you know. I understand just, if you're an old own. retiree. Yeah, well, that's you know. the, the primary demographic. Yeah, if you, and the ship takes you to your destination. 
Yeah, but what's the other alternative that you sit in a you know nursing home or sit you know like I think well I think you'd have to be more able than nursing home able. I'm yeah I'd be worried about nursing homes. There's too many people starting fires or neglecting their duties. Mm. It seems like a seedy environment. Mm. Uh, what about a floating nursing home? <laughs> like the, take all the worst things you can imagine, <laughs> and tip them into into one thing, and, pull, and just play early Led Zeppelin looping. Okay, I, no, that'd, not, be, not, that'd be okay. That'd be alright. But, but maybe you not, know, Millie, no, not Millie Vanilli or not Millie Vanilli. It's classy. What about Bieber? Justin Bieber on loop. Definitely not. Miley Cyprus. Cyrus. Cyrus <laughs> on loop. Cyrus. <laughs> I, 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 with that, it's like we had the father. That's bad enough. Come on. <laughs> We've been through enough. Now there's more. Next generation. God, what yeah. happens when she has a kid? It's and it's likely continue. the way she's twerking. I'm sure. She'll, yeah. She'll, Let's have a kid oh. with that other guy, the Blurred Lines guy. We never... Who's that? You know, Blurred Lines, that, that dude, oh. she was twerking at oh, some oh, awards okay. thing. Yeah. Uh, the son of someone, some famous actor, and he had one hit right, with okay. um, Pharrell. Right. You know that one? No. Really? You don't know Blurred Lines? No. My goodness me. So that's it's, how far I'm out of the loop I it's am. It's a super famous song. I just go back to listening to, you know... It's kind of like a, a sexist song too. Oh, it is. It's like blurred lines. You know, you want it. It's sort of implying that he can uh, that he can do things to a girl, and even if she doesn't want to. There's a cock on the a cockatoo on the um on the balcony. Then just yeah, that's Bob. Oh, Bob. Yeah, Bob pops by every hey. day. Hey, Bobby. Dun, 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 dun. We should get the we should bring the guitar in and the piano and you know We're turn this into a jam. jamboree. Well, let's see what happens for the next episode. You've been listening to another episode of Kicking Back with James Shramko and Joel Osborne. Visit kickingback.com for the show notes, pictures, and join the discussion.